0: Welcome to the Pastor's Study. I'm Pastor Rocky Fritz coming to you from the First Baptist Church in Amboy, Illinois. I encourage you to follow along in your Bible with pen and notebook in hand as we study the Scriptures verse by verse and word by word. We are currently traveling the Romans road. Gather your things together and turn in your New Testament to Paul's Epistle to the Romans, or what we usually refer to as the Book of Romans. continue in Romans chapter number two, we're going to see now the Jewish people foolishly boasting in God's providence. The reality is none of us had a choice at our birth, whether we were born Jew or Gentile, whether we were born American or from some poverty-stricken third world country, whether we were born into wealth or poverty, in a good or a broken home, with good or bad health whether we were born mentally gifted or handicapped. That's God's providence. We had nothing to do with that. And we do need to be careful not to take for granted or to boast in God's blessing. That We also ought to be careful not to let our national pride or our family pride or our spiritual pride keep us from God. In verse number 17, we read, Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast in God. I notice here Paul speaking to a people that were wearing a badge of honor, referring to themselves as Jews. And Paul himself could identify with this earlier in his life. He boasted of being a Jew. He was not only a Jew, but he referred to himself as a Pharisee. You now, A Pharisee is one who is trained and adhering strictly to the laws of God. Now that's not bad or wrong. In fact when we read the Gospels we would see that John the Baptist and Jesus and many of his disciples would have been recognized as Pharisees. Jesus in his earthly ministry commended their godliness but condemned their hypocrisy. You see they obeyed the letter of the law but missed the spirit or the prophetic nature of the law. Now you understand when we look at the law, the law had two purposes. The first is to condemn us as sinners and instruct us in right behavior. The second purpose was to give us prophecies concerning our Redeemer, the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse number 17, we read the statement, They rested in the law, or they had confidence in the law. You see, God gave the Jews the law, and they believed that they were made righteous because they possessed The law, and also because they were living by the law, and he said that thou makest thy boast of God. They're proud to be God's chosen people, and just like today, many claim the name of Christian. They have confidence in their church membership or baptism. Their hope of heaven is because they live by the Ten Commandments or the laws of the Old Testament. However, those laws were never given to save anyone or to give anyone a place in heaven. Verse number 18 says, "...and knowest his will, and approvest the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law." The Jews knew God's will, his commandments, his expectations. They have been instructed or taught out of the word of God their entire life. Verse number 19, "...and art confident that thou thyself art a guide to the blind and a light to them which are in darkness. Their confidence is in the light of God's law. They are living as a light or testimony of God's righteousness in this dark world. They understood their rigid obedience to the law was seen as a beacon of light in their world that they lived in. Verse number 20 continues, "...an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which has the form of knowledge and of the truth." in the law. You see the Jews consider themselves instructors of the foolish, the ignorant, or the heathen, the teacher of babes. The babes is referring to those that are immature. They instructed their children as well as Jewish proselytes in how to obey the dictates of the law. In Matthew chapter number 15, Jesus spoke in reference to the Pharisees when he said, They be blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind lead the blind, they both shall fall into the ditch. You see, they had a form of knowledge of the truth in the law. The word form means an image or a picture, an outward expression, but not the real thing. The idea is that they were clean on the outside, but not on the inside. Just like many today, they dressed right, they talked right, they stayed away from certain places or types of activity that they deemed sinful. But all their righteous works were only on the surface. There was nothing inside. Jesus again condemned these Pharisees in his earthly ministry in Matthew chapter number 23 where he said, For ye are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead men's bones, and of all uncleanness. Even so ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Verse number 21 continues, Thou therefore which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal dost thou steal? In this verse, we're taking an honest inward look, which in itself would eliminate any confident boasting. Some would say, "Well, I have not stolen anything. I do not steal." But in the secrets of their heart, they are dishonest and they are covetous, as all men are. In verse number twenty-two, it says, "Thou that sayest a man should not commit adultery." Dost thou commit adultery? Thou that adorest idols. Dost thou commit sacrilege? There's two specific sins here mentioned that in reality condemn all of us. The first of all, the sin of adultery. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew chapter number five and verse number twenty-seven through twenty-eight, "Ye have heard that it is said of them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery." But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart, showing again the sinfulness in our heart. He speaks of idolatry in verse number 22. Now I mentioned that not all idols are made of wood and stone. In Mark chapter number 10, Jesus was approached by a rich man that sought to inherit eternal life. And Jesus' response to this man as he came and questioned him, uh, Jesus told him, "...Thou knowest the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, defraud not, honor thy father and thy mother." And he answered and said unto him, "...Master, all these have I observed from my youth." Then Jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him one thing thou lackest. Go thy way sell whatsoever thou hast and give to the poor and thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying and went away grieved for he had great possessions. You see this man's Righteousness in his eyes was in his good works. That was his idol. That was the thing that was keeping him from God. But Jesus was pointing out simply that he was a sinner in need of salvation. His righteousness, his good acts, his good works, his wealth could not gain him favor before God. The focus of these first two chapters is the condemnation of all men. Chapter number one condemns the Gentile. Chapter number two continues to condemn the Jews that boast themselves of being children of God. Now the climax is going to be in the next chapter when God's going to declare there is none righteous, no not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Righteousness with God is not found within ourselves. It's found in the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I close today with this question. Have you had a personal encounter with the person of God? This is the gospel, the good news as presented in the book of Romans. First of all, that God the Father sent the law to convince and convict me of my sin. Secondly, the Lord Jesus Christ died and rose to redeem me from sin's penalty of death. And thirdly, the Holy Spirit administers God's grace and transforms me into a Son of God. This book describes in detail God's only way of salvation and sanctification. You see, when God works in our lives, He begins a work of transformation. This transformation begins at the moment of salvation and will not be complete until we are living forever in His presence. Now, I look forward to the next leg of our journey as we travel the Romans Road.